recording already. I, I have been recording. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I just thought it'd be nice for us to do another cold open with Whitwit whilst we open a cold one. Oh, I fizzed everywhere. Oh, no. No, not your playmat. I'm sorry. You're very nice playmat. <laughs> I've scooped it. I've scooped it. Scooping, yeah. Liquid. Yes. Scooping liquid works so well. It's I'm gonna. Fine. Bl- I'm going to blame you for that. Stop. Sc- stop touching it. <laughs> Leave what? it alone. I'm getting rid of the top sword. That can't be the worst thing that's been spilled on it. Nothing's been spilt on it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It's fine. I shouldn't have left my hollow foil playmat. Let's remove it. Let's get it out from under me. Yeah, fair. It's fine. It's super fine. I'm really sorry. Ruined now. Anyway. It's not ruined. <laughs> oh, no, don't make me do that. I'll blame anyone. <laughs> no, you won't. It's impossible to get hold of. I'll try my hardest. It's fine. I'm joking. Welcome to Magic the Flavoring, the Magic the Gathering podcast, where we talk about all things magic, flavor design, and lore. I'm your host, Andy Mann. So that's going to be insufferable for people that weren't ready for I'm it. Keeping in all um, hello, in. this is Nathan Cancel. Uh, this is the first episode of 2024. We're getting, we're getting it in right under the gun of January. Woo, closer to death. Yay! <laughs> and we're back with another story review. We've got to stop only doing episodes when they do stories and like set reviews. Well, the way I look at it, right, is if we only manage to get like an episode a month, that's on the cycle of you get one story, you get one that's the set, and then you get one that's just random ancillary bullshit that we want to talk about. And then before we know it, we're into another set where we've got to do one story, <laughs> one flavour picks, and then write one but random that, ancillary. Is that not a good indication of how much story we're getting? The fact that every set now has some decent story to it that we have to talk about. I think the base level for a Magic the Gathering set is to have some story that we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, but the base level wasn't met all the time. Like, it's True. only, like, in modern times True. where that's happened. Yeah, Beyond Theros was... was uh, oh, what well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, re- do you remember... Do you remember the days where it was like it, we were about a year into this, we were doing COVID times, so we were doing, like, an episode a week, and there was a real feeling that people, like, pillars of the MTG community and the Vorthos community were going... It's great that there are more Vorthos. It's a dying part of the game. Yeah, I've gone. So I've recently started re like re listening to like random episodes throughout our 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 catalogue. Um, and every now and again we'll have episodes where we're like so hype, and then we'll have other episodes where we're like, well, big boo. <laughs> and it's just kind of funny to see that there is a massive up and down. I think it's like a pendulum. Like we recent because we had a negative swing. I can't remember exactly when it happened, but we did have a, a not too distant past negative swing. And we've been kind of in this nice positive swing for a while. Cause I think they got, a, they must've had a lot of pushback. Well, it, it was Dominaria United. We hated Dominaria United. We thought it was bollocks. Yeah. And I think that was not far behind Theros Beyond Death as well. So there was a couple of bits all together that were like, Oh, I didn't mind United. Cause that was the two stories that was one in the past, one in present. Right. We liked the past, but we didn't like the present. I can't remember what my opinions no. about things are. No, Dominaria United was just straight up its spies on Dominaria. It was uh, March of the... No, uh, Brothers War? Brothers War. Brothers War was the flashback yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was sick. Yeah, because the United one was the one where they had the Among Us episode, right? When they were stuck in the tower in well, Yeah, the one um, I liked and you didn't. I, don't, I, I didn't. It's not that I didn't like it. It's that it was a bit too... I like the premise of it. It's like a Doctor Who episode, right? If some Doctor Who episodes oh, have an amazing... I don't, I don't like it now. It's fine. I get it. I know. I understand. <laughs> Uh, but some Doctor Who episodes have a great premise, but it doesn't deliver. And there are some ones that have a really wonky premise, but it delivers. And I feel like that was a cool premise, but for me it didn't deliver because I didn't get behind, was it Sten, whatever his name yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get behind him and it was kind of, it felt too, if, if, if you just stopped for a moment and had a conversation, none of this would happen. Yeah. And it felt very forced. But at the same time, I like the idea of there were these two weird squiggly wiggly things running through all the vents and everyone's like, 
Oh shit! Yeah, it's a bottle episode. They yeah. do it in loads of like sci-fi. Yeah, it was quite cool. I did, I did. I did like it. It was good. I saw um a, like a little sneak peek for the new Doctor Who series with the new actor playing it. Oh really? It was the thing with the goblins and the baby. I haven't. I'm because I'm so. Me and the golf are actually going through all of the new Who, and we're now into, we've done two seasons of Capaldi, we're in this last season of Capaldi. Uh, sure. Clara, spoilers, Clara Oswald is dead, she's gone. Fuck that impossible girl And then off. fucking David Tennant comes back, but as a different Which doctor. one? Which time? Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> they can't help themselves, they can't help themselves. Like, it's masturbatory. Right, well, no, no spoilers about what happens in this teaser trailer, but suffice to say... Uh, it made me shrivel up and die. Oh, really? I fucking hated it. Oh, I hated it so much. Even in the context of, like, I'm not really big for Doctor Who I mean, fan. Goblins and Babies doesn't give me great great promise. It's, it's but we are trying to keep seen. an open mind, because, I, I mean, the thing is, Capaldi got a massive amount of pushback, and we really liked him, and I imagine Jodie got a huge amount of pushback, but I know her first season was, like, generally oh, it's nothing kind to do of well-received. There's nothing to do with it's him. It's just everything else around her. It's the actual, like... That's the concern. What they're doing. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is shit. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, things that have a bunch of characters and story and things that might be shit. Um, I'm joking. This story's actually very, very good. This is rad. Sorry. Very good. This is, yeah, we're doing a story episode for <laughs> Murders of Karloff Manor. Yeah. That's one. So Murders of Karloff Manor. How many times do we have to say the set name before someone fucks up? We've got to like ping pong it back and forth. We've got to get to 100. Right, that's right, though, Karloff. Now, yeah, yeah, now, now, right. now I'm at MKM. Now it's fine. Because now my brain just goes murders it and just like... Just get the cut out first. Mother and you're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing our story episodes. Uh, Shauna Maguire is back. Whoop. Full 10 episodes. Hype, hype. She's fucking great. And mm. you know what? I was reading it thinking, this writing is fucking insane. And then I looked back at like all the other stories that she's done. She did the... Uh, oh my God, I, I pulled it up. She uh, did Tangles, which yes. obviously we love Tangles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she did the entire set of... Uh, oh my God, what was it? Assault on New Phyrexia episodes, which are awesome. Yeah, I did actually really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, A Dance of Undeath, which had, which was the, uh, what was it, what was his name? Wilhelt? Who's the zombie commander with Big Axe? Muscle Man. Gaston. What? You know! <laughs> the Muscle Man with He's big... in love with Geezer and wants to impress her. He came in a pre-con. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is Wilhelt. Yeah. I'm not, See, I'm not I mad. Remember. I don't know. I don't know. It's in a strad. It's some sort of, <laughs> some sort of Germanic name. I don't fucking know. Oh, Easy. Um, yeah, Sean Maguire is fucking rad. I'm surprised they don't, like, I was really surprised that they'd only done those. I'm sure they've done more. Their name is much more synonymous in the story, but I guess it's, like, oh, in, 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 in my, in my brain space, but it might just be there was a lot of recent, and again, Tangled is one of my, one of our favourite, like, yeah, stories yeah, that we've, yeah. we've read in a long, long time, so. Yeah. Full um, ten episodes. Yeah. I was surprised that we were going to get ten episodes for this. I don't think that even wizards could get away with skimping out on budget to make a murder mystery story <laughs> less than 10 stories. Uh, Notice right. there are no side stories. Which I'm fine with on this one. But this is where their equity went. They went, right, instead of doing five main and five side, you're going to get 10 stories, but it's all just one story. Yeah, I, I actually don't mind that for this one. No. There's nothing else going on the plane that we well, need to yeah, worry about. The whole point is, this is a very focused story on Ravnica, to the point of where... A lot of the other guildmasters, well, mo- every guildmaster kind of gets into it at some at a certain point, apart from the two um, guilds that aren't really present. But Niv doesn't really show up at all. And one no. thing I saw in a night in a nice thread was that it's below him. It's just a bunch of little murders while he's trying to actually protect the plane and all this other shit that might be going on. Yeah. Like a little, a few murders happening. There's murders happening across Ravnica all the fucking time, every second of every all day. the time. Yeah, so yeah. it's not that. I mean, yeah, some more high profile. Maybe there's a bit of a mystery to it. Enough that the entire plane decides to put on a fedora. But, you know, that's fine. That's beyond the point. Yeah. Um, I don't think um, 
I don't think you need the side story because this feels like a Ravnican side story. Yes. It is a focus of the plane and a focus of a lot of the main players. Yeah. But it's not what's going on to the plane. It's just what's happening within a very specific um, area. You're really right. This feels like when when we did the um, storybook episode of that Taser Karlov and, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Who's the Boros Legionnaire guy? Tarek? Tajik? Tajik? Tajik, that's it. Mm. Tajik of the Legion. When they when we had their buddy cop thing of mm. her trying to sneak into the Obzadat to try and murk Karlov. Mm. Um, this feels like an extended one of those, where yeah. it's just it's just the guild masters going around doing guildy shit. It's lots of these two people together having cool interactions yeah, while they yeah, go yeah. on their own little journey. And you've got a couple of those going on in, in synchronicity, that, and then they eventually, obviously, everything links back up together. And we learn, this is like, technically now, this is the fourth time we've been back to Ravnica for like a main set. Mm-hmm. We learn so much about Ravnica that doesn't feel tacked on, True. but actually feels like part of the world. Yeah, it's not world building because the world is built, but it's definitely depth. There's so many people that said once we got to the episode where they went and read the Guild Pact, it's like, if they made a real world Guild Pact and just filled it with boring, shitty, like, Ravnican lore, yeah. people would buy the shit out of I, it. Because, you, know, you know we would. Because all it does is it gives you, it gives you information, yeah. you know, it gives you depth and information within a, within a plane that already has a lot going on, but it's really hard sometimes to get into the nitty gritty for how, it's hard to see the wood for the trees on mm. a plane so large and so busy. And we got to just go, focus, like, real pinpoint focus, let's do a couple of, couple of character analyses um, and, and, it, I think it delivers really well, mm-hmm. you know? Like, well, there are two things that this would add to balance, though. It had to balance being an in, a, a magic story that has to be accessible to the average new player, but then mm-hmm. also deliver as a murder mystery and play to all the tropes that a murder mystery story naturally would. Mm-hmm. You know, your red herrings, your misleads, your, 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 all the setup and everything. And I think, and it's very difficult sometimes in magic fiction to not feel super twee, it's trying to balance two things, and Shonen does a great job of balancing a magic story with a murder mystery that actually has believable intrigue, you yeah. know? And it has deli- like very good twists, and it even has like obvious obvious like misleads that you're, you're fine to kind of go, well, obviously you're going to say that then. But to the <laughs> average person, who might not know Ravnican lore or Ravnican characters very well, they'll be able to go on at a pace the same way someone who knows about this story and has read every Ravnican story that's out there. They'll have a similar trajectory in a similar process as they're reading them absolutely right i'm gonna go i'm gonna do a very loose story breakdown because mm. actually whereas there's a lot going on in this and because it's a murder mystery the whole nature of it is there's lots of twists and turns mm. and stuff so i don't think it really what some people die it was a tree <laughs> we don't really need to like i'm not gonna go for beat for beat the story so here's just the broad setup and then we'll, we'll get into what's going on mm. so we are post Phyrexian invasion Ravnica, like most of the planes of the multiverse, is in rebuild mode, and it actually seems the overall kind of consensus is the guilds are not quite as fractured as they were before because mm. they've pulled together against the Phyrexian threat. At this moment in time, <clears throat> there are three guilds that are kind of being shunned by the rest of them. The Dimir and the Golgari are pretty much nowhere to be seen. The Golgari have hidden themselves away in the Underdark. Underdark? That's D&D. What am I talking about? The Undercity. <laughs> As if that's wildly different. Yeah, exactly. Come on, fucking. They've got drow. Um, <laughs> and the Dimir are presumed disbanded because Lazav is kind of hinting at, is presumed dead. Spoiler alerts, he's got fucking cards in this set, so he's not dead. <laughs> they, they couldn't help themselves. <laughs> they really couldn't. And he's a two-drop as well, again. Uh, amazing. Um, 
And the Rakdos, whilst not being sort of hidden away like those other two guilds, is definitely sort of falling out of favour with well, the rest Well, he's of... asleep again, right? Rakdos the demon is asleep, yeah. and his guild are slightly... I guess people are a little bit sick of chaos at this point and destruction. You don't want there to be a bunch of random wanton death and destruction just after there was a bunch of wanton death, death and, and destruction. destruction. <laughs> yeah, so they've slightly fallen out of favour with uh, the kind of wider audience, especially the Boros and the Azorius who are, at this point, really trying to re-solidify themselves Mm. as the law and the police. I'm going to talk a little bit later about the Azorius and the Boros, because, like I think many Magic players, new and old, their roles are still less defined in my mind, but I'll talk about that a little bit later I think they do have a moment where they try and specify. They they, they literally have a couple of lines where they do, but up until that point, I was like, I don't get who's in charge here. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, the setup of the initial uh, story, the first of the ten, is that Taser Karlov is throwing a soiree at her manor, uh, Karlov Manor, mm. for the sake of uh, for the sake of clarity, for uh, the most of the guild leaders and or heads of the guilds and other sort of high profile people on Ravnica, including, for example, Krenko. Although he was well, sent not an invite, sh- did he get a legitimate invite or not? Is he bullshitting? Well, I I read it as he did get a legitimate invite from Taser because they are associates in business, mm. but she didn't expect him to take it up because he owes the guild. So he's like, I sent you an invite. It's a bit of a pissed, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. come here to eat my food. I didn't necessarily think you were going to turn. Anyway, so there's lots of like high profile people at her soiree at her private manor. During this soiree, she is basically trying to throw a party to prove that the Orzov was one of of the leading lights during the War of the Phyrexians because not only was Kaya one of the planeswalkers that the multiverse now knows was trying to stop the threat on New Phyrexia. However, the overall consensus oh, is that planeswalkers yeah. are not good news because they didn't protect yeah. their own planes, quote-unquote. I guess after War of the Spark, seeing all of these planeswalkers be drawn to the plane, yeah. a threat of their own life and defending, when it came to those planeswalkers coming to defend Ravnica... Mm-hmm. Oopsie poopoo. Mm. No, no one really showed up. No one really showed up. So Ravnica considers Kaya to be one of their own, even though some of them may be more informed understand that she's a planeswalker, probably not from Ravnica. They see her as a former guild leader, as being a Ravnican planeswalker who wasn't there during what they perceive as the pivotal moment of the uh, war. Obviously, we know as readers, she was off on New Phyrexia. Yeah, doing she was in the Nexus. Things. Well, she was in the Nexus, yeah. Um, she, uh, Taser is also trying to show off her affiliation for the Agency of Magological Investigations. Magicological. Magicological Investigations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Agency, as it's known from then on in the story. Rami! <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Agency is a guildless detective bureau. So where the Azorius and the Boros, and sometimes the Selesnia, because... I did a little bit of digging back into the law of the guilds. The Selesnia are also seen as being a law-bringing guild, but they're just a little bit more insular into their own matters. Yeah, I mean, most of the knights that are there, because you have soldiers, I guess, from... Soldiers from the Boris Legion, advisors from the Azorius, and a lot of the knights, like centaurs and stuff like yes. that, were Selesnia. Yes, yeah. uh, the Selesnia are obviously... I mean, as at the tying back, and we'll kind of... The theming of this kind of follows on from Ravnica Allegiance and Ravnica... Girls of Ravnica. I think people forgot until that set that Selesnia has its own army because mm. they are slightly culty and like protecting their own shit. They're like an organised... They're like the organised gruel, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the agency is headed up by a fucking archon... Mate. Sick! Uh, called Ezino. E- e- Ezrim? Ezrim. Why did Ezrim. I write Zeno? Uh, because autocorrect is shit. <laughs> called Ezrim. <laughs> <laughs> Names are hard. I like that Ezio. Well, that's I keep in my head. Also, it's not Picanetio Altatore, is it? Uh, called Ezrim, uh, and basically 
yeah, they're a guildless detective agency. During this party, Zagana, who, whilst not being the guild master, because Vanifar is also there, but she is obviously a big, she's a speaker in the Combine, is murdered. <gasps> dun, dun, oh, dun, 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 dun. No one knows who did it. It was in a locked room. The only uh, clues that they have going on is that she had a pile of coats around her and a flower in her hand. Um, however, when Detective Alquist Proft, who's... <sighs> Such a cool name. Handsome. He's so handsome. He like, he's so hot. He remi- Do you know who he reminds me of in the pictures? He reminds me of the fucking guy from Hunger Games with his stupid facial hair and the swirly bits. Oh, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the impact. He's hotter I- than that. When- you know what? He, he reminds me of, like, uh, sort of early 90s Prince is what he reminds me of. Oh, true, yeah. But he's got those blue striking eyes that, that, that come through his dark features. Oh. The other character that really reminds me of Prince is Atrata the Silencer, true. who is also there <laughs> at the party. Ship that couple. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, quite. Uh, Atrata is there in the guise of a Selesnia guest because why would a Dimir agent come dressed in Dimir colours? But doesn't have the insignia yes. on them which is very important because wearing their colours is, is is considered even if you're not in the Spain kind of okay or in the guild kind there of okay. So colours. But if you wear the symbol well, that, 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 that's you're a fucking, big no-no. You're a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she gets caught out in that respect. Proft and Planeswalker Kai who is there give chase as well as... <gasps> Kellen's back. What? Kellen's He's in every set. Kellen's in this set? That's crazy. What a wild twist. I wonder if he'll be in the next one. Kellen is working for the agency, because I guess I guess there's some little time jumps going on here. Yeah, we that's one thing that really pisses me off. We do not know how much time it's been since he was we don't know how much time it was between um Eldraine and Ixalan, and we don't know how much time it's been since Ixalan and now. I think it's I think it's a few months because also on the cards he's kind of aged up a little bit every single yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kellen is part of the agency. He thought that he was on Ravnica because he thinks that the agency, being an information gathering organization, the best might have way had he some might information for his dad Oakham. So yeah. he's still on that kind of thing. But he's in this story, for all intents and purposes, he's fully invested in the agency. He's not kind of doing his own thing. Mm. He is a detective of the agency. And I like I do like the fact that in every plane we go to He's immediately super invested in whatever like faction he's with. It doesn't feel like he's out of place because immediately he's like, "Yeah, cool. I put on my detective hat today. Yeah. Oh, sure, I'm gonna put on my warrior hat." I mean, what else would you do? Do you go in and start being like, "I don't like this. I'm gonna," because you could just go, you could leave right at any yeah. point. So I feel like if you don't throw yourself, in... I mean, Kellen can't help it anyway. It's just his character. Yeah. He throws himself full in. Um, they catch a trata. A trata gets handed over to the Azorius, and the Azorius, the Boros, and the Agency basically work as a sort of triple like unit threat mm-hmm. to try and uncover who murdered Zagana. So that's the kind of setup of the initial story. After that, a bunch of shit happens, obviously, and what we end up with a breakdown is is that Proft breaks a trance out of Azori's prison because he realises that she wasn't in her own faculties when she killed mm-hmm. Zagana. It's revealed that she did kill Zagana, but she doesn't remember doing it, and not in the cool Demir way, in the kind of, oh shit, there's something else going on kind yeah. of way. Now, on Ravnica, that's not a crime if you're mind-controlled, so Proft breaks her out of Azori's prison, safe in the knowledge that he'll probably be able to like get off scot-free. For what it's worth, Alquist Proft used to be part of yes. the Azorius guild as well, so he's not just going... I mean, the fact he's unaffiliated is one thing, but the fact he's going against his former guild is even further kind of um, show of his, of his gumption. Absolutely. So we end up with two pods trying to solve the mystery of who killed Zagana, we have Atrata and Proft kind of off as a twosome, and then we have Kellen and Kaya off as a twosome. With a little bit of Ghosty Boy. Oh, Agris Koss! Yeah. Of course, why, how could I forget? Well, because Agris... he comes and then he, he doesn't do anything, and then he gets trapped yeah. in a random bubble. <laughs> the, the, the Boros wanting to keep some sort of grip on this situation because yeah. Aurelia is losing her nut. She's kind of, she understands that she doesn't have the 
faculty to handle this, but mm. she hates the idea that a guildless faction is taking the lead. She sends Agris Cost. She's also really struggling to keep her cool. Yes. <laughs> she's, she's, she's always falling for war every five seconds. Losing her shit every, every moment. Agris Cost is obviously was, was the main character during a lot of the Guild Pact novels, so, mm. and his battle against Zadek, the old Demir. Yeah. Uh, well, he's the reason leader. the Guild Pact broke in the first place, because yes. he publicly outed the Demir, which was supposed to always be, by definition, a secret guild, mm. which then caused the break which then caused the implicit maze needed to be run to form the guild pact which then took Jace getting it and then Niv getting it and now here we are. Yeah. Throughout the story there are several more murders of high profile characters. Taser Karlov bites I mean, the dust. It's hard to feel bad for an Orzov person no, getting killed. Not. How dare you? Orzov is definitely my guild. How yeah but as in it's hard to feel bad for them oh, when they're literally just going to come straight back and well, carry so, on yeah. being the guild leader. So they, as throughout the stories we like it would be easy if Taser comes back as a ghost and says hey this is the person that killed me but, but her it spirit, doesn't. Yeah. Her, it's, her, she's kind of off doing other things. When Taser gets killed Kaya finds a note in her hand that has Phyrexian script. That mm. was a good twist. I really didn't know where they were going to go with that. Yeah I didn't know where they were going to the go with that. The Phyrexian script in Taser's handwriting so there's this idea that Taser Karlov might have been uh, she has Phyrexians. She has Phyrexian knowledge. She knows how to communicate in Phyrexian. Yes. Uh, Kylox is a uh, is it uh, scientist who gets accidentally killed when he's a contact to Proft and then they get attacked by some assailants and Kylox gets uh, killed in a scuffle with uh, Krenko's men. Well, to skip a point, we did go back to a Tratter's. They went back to a Tratter's apartment because that was the last place yes. she remembered, and there was this pollen, like white, whitish yellow polleny kind of thing that they found this dust. That, uh, that is very clearly the thing that caused her to lose her memory and mm-hmm. go on the murder spree. And then Rao needs to find someone who's completely unaffiliated to any of the guilds to be able to analyse it. And the best person he comes to is Kylox. Yes. So we have these different members of all these different guilds and all these high members of society because the assailants look like they're going after Krenko, not Kylox. So what's Krenko got to do with all this? A lot of these high-profile people get killed. The Selesnya are involved. They go to Trostani to try and figure out something in the guild pact that might be able to help them. Well, they're led on a wild goose chase, eventually find out by Judith, because they go to the Rakdos to speak to her because she might know something, and then she goes, well, I don't know anything per se, but maybe the guild pact might have some information in there that might yeah. tell you might what be going on. Yes. A lot of these mysteries all basically culminate in one big showdown where Proft brings everyone together, like Pyro, bringing everyone he into... does the whole, the- hey, I know who's <laughs> yeah. done this. And essentially what has been going on is that different assailants throughout Ravnica have all been mindwashed by, or brainwashed, mindwashed, Mind mind controlled by this yellow pollen, which no one knows where this pollen's come from. Mm. All these different assailants are trying to off high members of different guilds, or in fact even non-guilds, for whatever reason we don't quite know. The mystery uncovers itself when we find out that Trostani, or rather one of the three sisters that make up Trostani, has orchestrated this. The roots of Matt Selesnya and Vitugazi Tree have been spreading all throughout Ravnica because those roots go basically across the whole planet. It's literally the world soul. The pollen is coming out of flowers grown by those roots, spraying people in the face and getting them to kill targets that this one sister, this one dryad of Trostani, feels betrayed Ravnica during the Phyrexian War. So, for example, she thinks that Krenko was um, selling uh, contraband during the war at a marked-up price, Mm. Taser, she feels, was talking to the Phyrexians and was about to side with them, and that all these different little pods, Zagana was using Phyrexian oil as like an experimentation yep. thing. 
and basically wanted to kill all these people as revenge for taking the planet hostage. Throughout all of this as well, there's distractions of who's been doing it and who's not. The Gruul are implicated because one of their gods, the mole god, Anzarg, starts smashing up the plane. Yeah. The well, he's been locked in a prison. So they've taken a, a, a literal god of the Gruul and put him in the evidence room in the centre of the agency. As if that's not going to, <laughs> that's the, not going to go wrong. The Rakdos are implicated because Maskegirl was one of the assassins who. So was yeah, Maskegirl was going to attack Aurelia, failed, but took down a bunch of her soldiers, which was then what caused Aurelia to give um, Arquist and um, Arquist, sorry, and Atrata a, a, a day, twenty four hours to solve it. So th- they had time to try and figure out while all of these little inst- incidents are happening, and then Aurelia gets attacked and puts a very definite twenty four hour kind of time stamp on it. Of where if this doesn't get solved in the next twenty four hours all shit will break loose the Demir implicated through a Trata being the one to be pollinated but then mm-hmm. it didn't make sense because her assassination was so sloppy and something that she, she wouldn't, wouldn't be that doing. sloppy and also the Demir whilst they are known as being assassins only go after high targets and not random like mm. killings so all these different little plot points the Golgari do pop up we do have a Zoni pops up as well one there are of spiders Alquist. there are spiders in in a bunch of the earlier episodes and it's very it's very clearly stated and noted as well that there is a spider here and then he couldn't help being distracted because he saw a spider in this point and then she basically turned around and go I was just kind of keeping eyes on you. Yeah. And what's a really cool mislead is her artwork, which I know we don't normally talk about like actual cards within uh, the story implication, but her artwork is with her, the way her spider legs form on the back mm. behind her looks like a Dimir mm. um, signet. Essentially, looks like they're a signet, and it's kind of like were the Dimir and the Golgari both working in cahoots mm. together? Um, there was also in the guild pack when Judas sent them to go and read it, what they read was that Rakdos in his slumber can cause random murderous intent within citizens. Mm. So maybe when he needs to get off plane, which I guess is where we eventually might find out why he goes to Bastards of Thunder Junction because mm. he finally got ousted from it. Who knows? But Judith was clearly trying to vie for some power. Like, there's a lot of different individual intentions going along, mm. as well as the main overarching theme that allowed it to feel like this woven thread yeah. of du- duplicity. And no one really. It was very hard to keep up on terms of what was happening. Like, randomly... But Kellen... no, yeah, as in, like, the narrative was clear, but you could you never felt like you knew what the mystery yeah, was going to you happen. weren't sure yeah. of where do- what direction it was going in. Like, it, like Helen and Kaya get attacked um, at one point by a bunch of... Um, it looks like, I guess, in, again... In the, in in the, the artwork, in the image, it looks like Slesnia. It's Slesnia, but it's also a Simic insignia, but then they find a tuft of white fur, mm. having just met Tolsmere and Voya, so clearly they were like... Try, again, there were so many little breadcrumbs that were placed up, but it could be them, but it could be them. I mean, there were some people that it just clearly wasn't going to be. Like, yeah. I don't think the Izzet were ever under any threat of no. it being them, for example. Um, but at every, at every point, it was very difficult to tell who was, yeah. like, could it have been Aurelia trying to make war happen? Because she, she clearly wants it to blow and, up. And she was the only attack that didn't actually work. Yes. Like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Krenko was the target, but, uh, oh, sorry, um, uh, Kylox got killed. Because but it was, but Krenko, Krenko was, was, the tar- was the target, you know? So that's the only one that otherwise actually failed. So it was very difficult to really yeah. place where the intention of the story was going. I do like as well that this idea that, you know, each of these characters in Ravnica had seemingly, who had been e- eavesdrop by Tristani through Vitugazi's roots with all these horrific intentions. They didn't actually assassinate their characters in the end because we find out that even the other two Tristani sisters understand. They go, we can... Like, it's like hearing, like, a muffled idea. You can mm-hmm. hear the sense of something going on, but, you know, that's just because we feel everything. We don't necessarily 
see everything. Yeah, they don't so, have the knowledge, they have the, the insinuation. Yeah. So Taser wasn't working with the Phyrexians to try and form an alliance with them. She learned the Phyrexian language through half-Phyrexianized dead people so mm. that she could infiltrate the Phyrexians and start a dialogue with them to overthrow them. And then find out what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, again, she's probably instrumental in all of the uh, defense of the plane yeah. because she knew the information ahead of time. Zagana wasn't using the Phyrexian oil to try and make the Simic Combine better or harder. In fact, she was the more pacifist of the mm. two leaders of the Vanifar was the warmonger. She's yeah, she's Zagana, the and even Van, even Vanifar said Lone Zagana was using it as a way to try and find a cure. To find a cure, you have to experiment. That's just the way of things. Mm. And Krenko, whilst he did mark up, like his is the least questionable, but in terms of like he was obviously being a dickhead. But even though he was doing markups on a lot of the contraband that he was getting back from enemy lines, he pointed out that the only troops that could get behind Frexian lines to get this contraband back were his goblin mob, and they and he lost a lot of them, and he lost them, and those those supplies. Probably would have been lost in the lo- in the grand scheme of things anyway, mm. but obviously he's profiteering off of tragedy, which yeah. to the Selesnians, oh, it's a big no-no. Exactly. So yes, this one Trostani sister took all of that pain amongst themselves, kept hidden from the other two it's sisters. Oba, by the way, Oba. out of the three of them, because she's the dryad of life. Says was the dryad of order, and Sim is the dryad of harmony. If you think about it, harmony's not going to create disorder, um, no. going to create chaos. Order's not going to create chaos. But Oba, the dryad of life, when you've had your entire plane penetrated by the world tree and kind of try and taken over, and you've got all of these individual guild masters having their own agendas mm. like she's going to be furious because they're not looking to protect life on Ravnica they're looking to protect their own agendas exactly the story concludes or at least concludes in this one with that Trostani sister well all of Trostani basically hiding away making Amara Tandris because unfortunately Tosmir gets fucking killed in the battle <laughs> yeah. what he's a fucking off he's the one where I'm like he was a good character you didn't have to fucking kill him I like the idea that it kind of does show the fanaticism of the Selesnia of where even at the last of where yeah, even if he knew he was willing he was willing to because um, he was even I think he even said that he had the mossy thing because we didn't oh we haven't said it oh yeah the assailant the assailants that tried to attack um, Kellen and Kaya the ones who had the tuft of white fur on them as they tried to get interrogated to do that kind of like that spy thing of where they they crunch Eat on a, cyanide, they crunch yeah. on a cyanide pill and they basically they disintegrate into moss which causes <laughs> kellen to have a very revulsive reaction to it which i think is hilarious but even he said he had one of these these mossy things that he was willing to also die for the cause as well yeah and the only reason why trusty didn't get speared by um this gruel centaur is because Eurus, yeah. yeah he threw himself in front of the spear to do so yeah so Amara Tandris is now the acting guild leader of the Selesnia. The Selesnia are not going to get sort of um, taken down because of weird, archaic Ravnican law. It's kind of a way to keep the because status quo. Two th- because two-thirds of Trostani is innocent. You can't convict the third and you can't you can't snap you can't like snap the twig off yeah, you know exactly. you can't break the branch the Golgari and the Demir are still sort of uh, under wraps the rest of the guilds all seem to be working a little bit more harmoniously but are starting to evolve back into their old ways the one guild which is now a bit more interesting is the Rakdos yes so throughout the story Judith is presented as this femme fatale figure of being Absolutely, she is the killer. She mm. fucking hates everyone. She takes the piss out of everyone. She was the only Rakdos member at the Most party. Most self-serving as well. Yeah, she doesn't seem to give a shit. And also, from like a dramatic irony point of view, we see that she traps Agris Koss in like a little soul can when he goes to investigate the Rakdos. And she she is trying to overthrow Rakdos as the leader yeah. of the cult. Rakdos is slumbering in his pit. And basically, she is trying to create an excuse for the Azorius and the Boros to make Rakdos slumber forever, so forcibly keep him down mm. there, so that she can ascend the throne in the Rakdos cult. I would imagine that the way that that plays out is that she pins the thing that happened to Agris on the mm-hmm. demon, and mm-hmm. then that causes them to go, look, 
There's a big old omen path over there. Why don't you just fuck off? Do you off? mind fucking off, please? <laughs> and because obviously Judas takes control of the guild whilst he's slumbering anyway, it's not out of the question for her to then take over fully. However, at the end of the story, the last we see of Judith is that she confronts Massacre Girl, or Massacre Girl confronts her, and Massacre Girl says a line something like, uh, Rakdos doesn't like it when the children fight. So Rakdos might be on to Judith and has sent Massacre Girl to try and sort of fucking stop Judith. Now, yeah. Judith, Judith, Judith ain't dead. But, so we'll see what happens. So I know that's yeah. kind of, that is very sort of weavy in and out of all the different stories. But that's, but kind, that's of, kind of how it read. It's literally how it read. Like, at no point, again, you had two different POVs. You had the Kyle-led POV, and then you had the Elquist POV. And again, the two worked within and out, in and out of different guilds at various points. So, I mean, they only ever really crossed off right, uh, cross paths right at the end. And again, like you, we bounced between absolutely everywhere. I don't think there was a single guild that didn't have at least a bit of spotlight. No, yeah, which was quite but it was, nice. It was a, I, I thought it was a really good way to do in one story arc ten different guilds following a coherent narrative. Because mm-hmm. when we the Nikki Draden story is something that we have gushed and gushed about again and again and again. They were ten. In, the reason they were good is because they were ten individual spotlights that were, they were still in, interacting with the guilds, but it was following a Selesnya. It was almost like immersing yourself in that guild as yeah. if the other guilds didn't exist. Yeah, or like they were just bit players in your story. Yeah, and, and they didn't necessarily. There was no crossover. But that's a really no good way of line. doing it because everyone got their spotlight. Everyone got their time. In this one, Sean Maguire seems to have pulled off doing ten episodes of this very, as you say, down to the ground, narrow story. And yeah, all right, most. Not all, but most of the characters are the big wigs of each guild. Mm. It's surprising how all of the guild masters are so accessible. Like fucking Agris just walks into Rick's Maddie and yeah. sort of sees a sleeping Ragdoss, and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I know he's a ghost, but also. Um, but like, they still give each of the guilds, even the fucking Demir and Golgari, who are t- meant to be non existent, mm. have their own. Like, Azoni's there. Azoni's very important. And again, each of them have. Because you have to think about there are two aspects of, of, of the story weight. Is the weight they actually have when you write re- read it on the paper, um, read it on paper or, or your screen or whatever you read it on, like the actual like weight of, of the characters, and then what your presumed like guilt or your presumed like um, oh, what's it called? Uh, fucking um, culpability. Culpability, exactly. So you build up in your head this importance of even that because they mention very early on that the, both the Rakdos and the Dimir aren't really present. You keep that in your mind the entire story about how they are probably looming or lurking or hiding. You don't even need to mention them more than that. Mm. And it kind of gives them a presence within the story, even though they technically don't actually have premise in, a presence in the in, in, in the story. Because Atrata is not working on behalf of the Dimmer, the entire story, unless she played a very, very long con game. Not not with the yeah. murder, but everything afterwards, potentially. I doubt the it. The Dimmer is always very tricky, isn't it? Because their their guild is one of like they don't know necessarily what they're doing. Or Even they're they doing don't it. know who's who's in on it and yeah. who isn't. You but know? yeah, she she seems very much of in her own agency. Yeah, and then obviously Azoni is away and out of everything. You constantly get these mentions of spiders. In one of the spiders in the artwork, it has a Dimmer symbol on the back of it. So I still to this point think it's deliberately putting all of this effort into misleading you and. For what it's worth, we'll talk about it when we get to the set um, set kind of review. But there is a, a there are there are secrets and clues within the cards themselves yeah, that are supposed cool. to mislead you. So there's a lot of intrigue, even if you're getting artworks without the card context that are supposed to be like a red herring or make you think this way. And again, right up until the very end, the only thing that spoiled it for me, and I really wish they just hadn't done this, is on the reveal video. 
Like they only had to wait like one more day yeah. on the reveal video. They could have they they could have left it just before they had the answer, but they actually gave the full almost like a full synopsis of the story. Mm. And for most of it, it wasn't an issue because you'd seen all of the eight episodes up mm. to that point already. I think they dropped on the same day the episode about Azoni and, and and her figuring out where the pollen came from because the pollen came not from Ravnica, which is a very big like oh I wonder. And this is where people went: Is it Oko? Is it Jace? And there was a lot of, is it, is it, who is it? We haven't mentioned it, but Ezrim was a massive, like, because of the tuft of white fur. Mm. Maybe Ezrim's the one, because now we've seen him off of his oh, mouth. Interesting. I did always think it was very, uh, But you know what I mean? But, but yeah. there was a big thing of, could it be Ezrim? Because he's so, he's so aloof. pushy, but also aloof kind yeah. of thing. He's and now we, know he, yeah. now we know he can dismount and walk around, like, and they keep making a point of where, well, he can't go into that room because he's so big. So maybe he used other agents. Like, as soon as they said that it was from another plane or it wasn't from Ravnica, it kind of opened up all these ideas. But what they meant was it just hadn't been found on Ravnica yeah. yet. Yeah, the, the it was a new substance that to no Ravnica. one knew about that flower, but yeah. it was actually Tristani was just like, oh yeah, we just made a new. We flower. can make new flowers. We're the only oh, one who can. And it's like cool. It, that technically you're not wrong, but you know, it's when the it's when the setup gives you 58 options and you go for the the 59th boring one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's very. Uh, that was a slight whiff or, or like a misdirection. But I think it's very hard to write a story like this and have it land for absolutely everyone because there are some people who are going to come up with this amazing fantastic idea that of course makes sense in their head mm. and then when you get the actual story and the delivery you're like oh oh okay that's actually way worse than what I thought it was going to be <laughs> um, but I think I think it's justified and the way that they do it is that it seemed really weird and sporadic of all of these different different people getting killed but the way that Ober justifies it the idea of that this is what happened during the invasion, you didn't help. You did this. You exacerbated this. You took advantage. That seems like it's the, it's Ravnica reacting. Like, and she says that she speaks for Matt Selesnya, which I think for the most part she doesn't because in the last story we have a massive long POV of Kaya while she's tra- essentially, and we'll get. I'm sure we'll get to her character study in just a moment. But even she then speaks to Matt Selesnya and goes, Ravnica, this isn't you. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone's trying to control you, yeah. and you, you're not going to let that happen, right? And it's almost like Ravnica goes. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. But I think I think you say talking about to talk about Oba then a little bit. Like, yeah, it's they did a, they did a good job of her having sort of justifications in her own mind, but then sort of being like, yeah, but also she's definitely a murderer or whatever. And she was definitely but wrong. She was, but there's this line here. The reason I'm because I'm flicking through the kind of bits that I screenshotted. I'm just come, I didn't even remember screenshotting this one. I read all the stories today, and it's uh, uh you refuse to see, so this is over speaking now when she's been revealed, uh, and worst of all, you still congratulate yourselves on a battle well fought and a war well won. Even here, when you stand smugly in front of me and assume you've unravelled my plan, I've been killing for weeks. I've, yeah, that land yeah, that line. I've witnessed countless examples of cruelty, cowardice, weakness, all in the need for nature's righteous ju- all in need of nature's righteous judgment. The streets of Ravnica ran with the blood of the guilty long before I started hunting larger prey. You only noticed when I targeted the people you cared about. Yeah. The ones considered important enough to grieve, and I'm not yet done. That's kind of scary, isn't it? The fact that we only care now because it was a high-profile murder mm. in a high-profile environment, which maybe she... Like with all people who start, like, breaking the rules a little bit, once they get once they get away with it for a little bit, they're like, well, how much more overt can I be? How yeah. high can I go? And maybe this was, like, the end of her... I mean, she does say, oh, I'm not even finished yet, I'm going to carry on. But maybe, like, this was her getting to, like... You start with the lower players, and you start with the lower the lower sinners, and then eventually you get to the big guns. Mm. You know that that's it was like when I heard that I was like that's actually a really cool twist. You've been yeah. doing this for a long time, and yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah. she is tapped into the soul of the plane, and even though you've built this city across the entirety of it, 
there are roots and life underneath all of it that does permeate. Like there was, <laughs> I, it's kind of scary when you can just access any room at any time, anywhere, anywhere there's grass. And here's yeah. here's a random flower. Like the main reason why they catch her is because they get he gets everyone together. Elquist gets all of everyone together to say, "Oh, I know who the murderer is, but I'm going to have to do some interviews first. And he goes, mm. "Kai, can you come with me?" And then obviously Oba goes, "This is a perfect time. I'm going to kill Elquist using Kaya, and then everyone's going to blame Kaya because mm. everyone's already kind of a bit suspicious of her anyway." And it was only because he already knew that that was likely to happen that as soon as the fucking flowers started growing, he went, got you, trap it, cut it off. Now I've got my evidence. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I got you. You know, and even then, like the big culmination at the end where V2 Garzian, even it's even it's little town manor house kind of like castle thing, which apparently I like the idea that um, it just reforms a different house every time. I really like the idea. I didn't realize how many fucking planes had magical trees at the center of them. Uh huh. True, actually. Yeah. Kaldheim, uh, Kamigawa. Ravnica, New Phyrexia. That's four. I'm sure that Law. Well, Lorwyn had fucking um, Doran. Oh, and well, just all of them. Colfinol. Yeah, Col- the Colfinol yeah, yeah, is yeah. what it meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's another one I'm forgetting. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. But I mean, and what I liked was then she just started twisting everything, and then like all of the- she was basically taking on the entire plane at once, and basically did it. Mm. Like there wasn't a single person who could kind of fight against her apart from Kaya because she can go, oh, I'm a ghost now, and now I'm not, and now I'm a ghost now, and now I'm not. You know, that's the only reason why. <laughs> Special planeswalker power that we didn't know people had. Uh, don't okay. Again, I mean, so yeah, I think as a long overarch, as an overarching story that was very ambitious, but also still well grounded. You're still learning a lot about Ravnica while still getting new story and this new Omen Path influence. It it, it all delivered and yeah, it, it went rad. well. It was it a great story. Really well. I really loved it. I really loved it. I loved going back to Ravnica and having these smaller stories again. Or, like, having, you know, having people run through the streets and just, have, like, little mm. things here about, like, the fucking food and the drink again. Yeah, like, talking about coffee again and things like that. Talking about the coffee, like, at, we, taser, we open up on Taser looking over a party and she's got a hot coffee laced mm. with bombat. Yeah. Like, oh, is that fucking alcoholic And she mentioned, I was like, well, I chose everything and I will not miss the strudel. Uh, there's like, also, that's so cute. Uh, a flute of cassada. I don't know what cassada is. I'm guessing it's some sort of like if it's in a flute, if it's in a flute, it's like carver or champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Very yeah, cool. it's very nice. Again, we love this. Give us more details. Like, we will take, we will take the um, not the planeswalkers guide, but an actual like holiday guide to Ravnica. We'll take that any day of the week. Give us some maps. Give us, give us anything. Give us extra information, please. We'll take it. Um, right. So. Yes. Kaya. Yeah, man. Kaya. Let's talk about so, Kaya again. <laughs> and I think this is probably the most grounded. Like in Cow Time, I think Cal- the problem with Cow Time that we had, and I think most people have, is that because the plane was a new plane, and had so much going on that we wanted to learn about what was going on behind it. Mm. We didn't really care about the fact that, like, okay, cool, there's a Phyrexian on there. That's kind of interesting. Warren Clex is bouncing around. That's kind of scary. Cool. Fantastic. And it's just, cool, random bounty hunter. Fair enough. Tibbot's also there, don't really care. Like, stop getting in the way of us learning about this new plane. So it was very easy to kind of dismiss her, and her journey wasn't particularly large anyway. It was just kind of, I'm, I'm here on a job, and this this shirtless guy's cool. Should we just go and do some buddy cough stuff together? Like She also, she keeps mentioning Tyvar as, like really really, well, as like a really close mate, and I'm just like... Well, we we don't, again, timescale, we don't know how long she was on Kaldheim for. She was also, it was also the last good thing, quote-unquote, good thing that was really happening before the whole Phyrexian up. With her, yeah. So if you think about it, we don't know how much how many friends she had. I mean, she kind of ruined everything with Ravnica and the Orsov anyway. That was always the bit of push and pull. She didn't want to be the guild master. She didn't really feel at home. And even in 
this story, there's a bunch of people, like, even the fucking Hurstman or whatever, like, gives her, like, a snide little fucking, yeah, well, fuck you, you planeswalker kind of yeah, thing, yeah, like, yeah. To, to her. Like, even within her own guild, like, there's people that are just like, we don't like you. Well, she's, she's, she has to keep bribing everyone, like, as the kind of, that's the way the Orzov do it. It's like the tip, but everyone gets a tip for yeah. everything. So they don't, they don't expect it from Taser even though Taser does it a couple of times, but then she's like, has to tip people to get let into rooms. Mm. And it's like, I was fucking Guildmaster two years ago. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I don't give a shit. So I guess for her, it's kind of like, it was like maybe, because they, they also say throughout the story that she's like, I could just go anytime. I could just go anytime. And the fact she doesn't yeah. is quite, is, 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 is good. Like she even said, like, I'm going to give you three days, Taser, to give me this big information and news that you're going to tell me that I don't even, do we ever find out what that specific no, news was? I, I think the fact that when Taser was killed, she had the note in her It was hand. probably what she wanted to She was to probably going to tell Kaya, look, I've been in contact, I was in contact with the Phyrexians for a long time. Maybe she had some information on potentially Jace yeah, or Vraska, who knows? Yeah, knowing that they were alive somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, so if, I think the reason why Tyva is so important to her is it was like the last time of like freedom in a place that wasn't kind of t- trying to tie her down or reminding her of her failings or something because I feel she she probably still feels that about Tovalar anyway mm. and it kind of gave her this grounding like in the last story like I can't do it justice so go and read it because like half of the story is just POV of Kaya fighting to battle to get to Oba to try and trap her yeah yeah it's a very and, good story and it's lots of little nuance lots of like lots of uh, internal monologue a lot of like back and forth about how she feels about various things even Taser is there in, in she feels like Taser's presence there trying to help her along and it turns out when she speaks to but by the way Taser's fine she's a ghost um, yeah, the Orzov don't die. They just so come, yeah. she was. She speaks. I think she speaks to Taser for the first time at Taser's funeral. Yeah, Taser comes up, which and is says, so. What, what's even the name of this song? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. And she's like, she finally was like, after like a couple of lines, she was like, she finally gave herself like the chance to turn around and look and finally see Taser. And it's, it's it's very cute. And mm. she even gave a hug at the end, which is kind of nice. Like it gave she can ghost form and hug ghosts. Yeah, which is kind of cute. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe let's ship her and Argus. Well, I think. Well, yeah, I think it's in that little moment is interesting. I don't think maybe this is intended, but just as a viewer because every time that Kaya has been used because she got introduced in Conspiracy as a way to kill King Brago yeah she's basically okay we've got some ghosts here she, <laughs> is but, there anyone that can do this but she, 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 they, I think they did that because obviously they worked so many years in advance they mm. used her as a plant as something to kill the Obsidat they always knew that she was going to come back I think they even made her black white to be like she's going to be the link to the Orzhov anyway yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a long that was a pebble thrown a long way back so having her be a character that whenever she ghost forms is because she's literally a ghost assassin to then use her power to be friendly towards a ghost. It's mm. like, oh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, it's very cute. That's really cool. Yeah, very cute. She's always so badass. I always think of that artwork from her from uh, Innistrad, the last time we went to Innistrad, where through the she, window. Yeah, needlessly bursting through the window because <laughs> she just goes through <laughs> <walk> through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I also, cool. I will also say again, like we might talk about this in the uh, flavor picks, but she also probably has the most diversity across all of her planeswalker cards out of any planeswalker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They all kind of do a similar aspect of thing of blinking in and out and yeah, some token really, stuff. Yeah. So it's all kind of like, it's almost like, we know she kind of does this thing, she's kind of into spirits, what various, it's not just, cool, Chandra's fire, so we should just do some damage, and then maybe every now and again we do elementals. Like, that's that's, that's essentially what you could do with Kai, it just turns out that blinking and tokens are actually much more interesting to, to play around yeah, with. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's great. I mean, black-white. Yeah, so well, cool. we, we don't know metaphysically what her abilities are exactly, because they won't tell us, so why the hell would her Planeswalker cards not have a little bit of, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of flexibility? They, the the ghost-forming... They do, I think they put rules in it in as much as they will introduce a rule mm. every time that she does it. So, for example, this one, 
it's the dead roots of the plane yeah. happen to have their own spirit essence. Because Ravnica is Ravnica is all of Ravnica, so it as well, when she cuts the limb off of one of the trees, it can also form a spirit like the Orzov yeah. do, because it's part of Ravnica and Orzov is part of Ravnica. So when she ghost forms, the physical roots can't touch her, but the ghost ones can. So there you go, right, that's the rule for this. Mm. So in this fight, that's going to play a part. Has that ever been mentioned again? Will it be ever mentioned again? Probably not. It's ghosts, mate. Who knows? Well, you know, she she can she can ghost through shit. But it, they do also acknowledge that whenever she talks about her necromancy, she 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 acknowledges that her powers are necromantic, mm. but they are not necromancy. Mm. So it's kind of like she's going, I don't know, fucking no. I'm just on Tovalar. People just fucking do this shit. I yeah, don't it's know, like it's like, like tapping into something without realizing how other people would use it. Yeah, right? but then she has this moment of where. She could escape, right? And you, th- I think in the story it's supposed to insinuate the fact she's like, well, there's one thing I can do. There's one way I can escape. And then it's like, you know, I can just planes walk away, fuck off. And instead of doing that, she goes, dig- she digs deep into her spark. Not, not, that's not exactly the words. That's essentially what it said, is that she digs deep into her spark and almost pulls the ability to planes walk away into her. Yeah. And then she kind of radiates, like, blind eternity energy. Yeah. Which is... That's new. That's kind of new for playing. And you don't really, you didn't really justify it beyond she's cool and radiant, which it might be almost a moment of like what happened with Rowan in the school in Strixhaven, and it taps into her full extent of power. I don't, I don't. Again, they don't really justify it, so we kind of have to have to headcanon it a little bit. But it does, it does feel like her list of abilities just again because it's something cool. She can be intangible. It does kind of extend and extend. Here's where my justification for it, because it hasn't ever been described in the way that it has done now. They even she even throws in a little bit of like, oh, it looks like the the cosmos from Kaldheim, that kind of, you know, multicolored energy. I think that's just because they link her very closely to Kaldheim because of her time there. I think I think what the what the justification for it that Sean Maguire maybe took some artistic license with is that these mages that are planeswalkers, almost all of them are magical in some respect, rather than just being like, I'm a warrior. There are very few that are just, yeah, punchy yeah. punchy, apart from... Well, even Tyvar has abilities, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Gideon had the, his aura magic. Is, his... Um, what do you call it? Lithia? No, is... Um... Oh, what do you call it? Oh, no, Hyromancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so I think what makes, what, like, it'd be, you haven't found a planeswalker yet, is my point, that is just like a shit mage. Mm. They're, all, they're always the best at that kind of magery. Sure. So I think what that is, is them saying, when you're a planeswalker, the blind eternities give you a little level boost. Mm. So that's probably what she's doing. Mm. She's going, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I forgot. I'm a fucking planeswalker. Fuck you, tree. Yeah, I've got more <laughs> ability. As much as there isn't the same as it was before of like, you're a planeswalker, you can do everything. It's more, hmm. you're a heightened version of whatever you could do. And yeah, maybe there is this power cell kind of aspect of the Blind Eternities of if you can tap into it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to make you uber. Let's talk about Alquist. I was going to let you go say, what a fucking G! What, what a, a G! cool fucking Whippiest, quippiest, sexiest fucking, his ability is so cool. Every time he does magic, everyone's like, Oh my god, you're fucking, you're the so tits. Alquist Proft. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a former Azorius. Uh, they don't really specify what he used to do. They never say what his exact role was. He, no. he rose through the ranks. He was there for a number of years because there's a moment where he, when he goes back to New Prav to go to Atratus' cell, um, he gets checked up by three levels of security, checking his papers, and he quips about the idea that he remembers when he used to do that to other people. Mm-hmm. So he clearly has risen through the ranks of the Azorius. 
The Azorius have always been a little bit bummed that he left their ranks because he was a good resource. So he probably he was probably no guild wants to lose. Yeah, as you say, on resource, he was probably upper middle management. Right, that's kind of where I'm placing him. Like he was probably a well respected arrestor or something. I put him at like he's probably not area manager. He's probably GM, but he was probably one of the best GMs. Yeah, they were like, do you want an area manager? He's like, no, like, I want nah, to be boots nah, on the nah, ground. Yeah, specify. Yeah. So yeah. he's now part of the agency, and his power is is that he has a. I think the Mind Palace is one version of it. So he has like a really defined Mind Palace. Mm. Now, Mind Palaces are a real world thing that people claim they can do. No, well, not... Sherlock Holmes is one of the more recent I'm still not representations. really a thing. But... I had a girl- girlfriend years ago who claimed to have one and it was a country house. And um, every person that she ever met was a different book with different binding in her library. Now, I, I could be talking out of turn. I don't think maybe. No, but is it, well, she was she was batshit crazy, you know. <laughs> there's, 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 there is there is maybe a little correlation there. But I do think there might be certain like patterns that you can make your brain oh, sure. form. Sure, yeah, you know, yeah. there to, are to organize your what's the other one that does this is um there's a Stephen King book about aliens that come down and they have a, a mind palace thing that's the only way they manage to beat them is by keeping all their memories stored away in a secret room oh, within I their mind. Know. Anyway. The the kind of real manifestation of his powers comes from the idea that he has an eidetic memory which, again, is a real-world thing, but that can manifest itself in sort of, like, NCIS Miami fashion when they do, like, hollow-scan the area. Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. When they do the big exploding thing. Iron Man 3. And you, exa- you do exactly that. And then it, it's the big exploding thing, and then they so recreate the crime scene. he can magically cr- recreate crime scenes, or indeed environments en masse, mm. and make them somewhat physical if he's been there and he's remembered it, so that he can either revisit crime scenes when he's been away, or he, as he does in one of the stories when he goes to Kylox's laboratory, Mm. he can see what it used to be like. So it used to be pristine, and he's now seen the mess. So he can see what's moved and how. So he can figure out where people have gone, how they've broken in. Because if you see like a smashed window, you go, okay, it's a smashed window. But it's like, right, how was that window before? So I can Mm -hmm. see the trajectory of the grass. Was was it smashed in, smashed out? So yeah. So he can, and this makes him obviously an incredible detective. Uh, other agency members have machines that recreate this, which but his is like is, perfect replication yeah, rather yeah. than a simulation. Yeah, he's also super quippy. He's it's the quippiest motherfucker. I wish one thing I wish I'd done is gone through the story and just picked out certain lines yeah. from him. But there's not a single person in this story, even when he's on the back foot or in the minor role, there isn't a single person who manages to best him in terms of like. A back and forth. There's a, here's a line. Atrata kept drumming, rolling her eyes at the same time. Oh, and I suppose you like having people who are smarter than you around whilst you're trying to work. I wouldn't know, said Proft. As the floor dropped, this time all the way, he stepped forward, offering Atrata a hand up. It's never happened. Shall we descend? So, but the thing is, though, so matter of fact about but also, it. But the thing is, the reason he gets away with it, and this is a really nice character moment, because it would be so easy to be like, he's super smart, but also he's a dick. And it's like, no, because when he says something like, uh, it's when they find Zagana with all the coats on top of her, mm. and it's Chiron Proft, and Proft has spotted that all the coats have some, either by the way that they're folded or by their insignias, have all the guilds represented. Yeah. And then he says something apart like... Apart from the... I think it's apart from the Golgari or something. One of them was missing. One of them was missing. And he says... And Kai says, well, the Golgari and the Demir weren't at the party. And he says, well, you mean to tell me you haven't spotted the only Demir agent here? He's talking about a charter. Mm. But when Kai looks at him, they deliberately put in the line, he looked at her with a sense of earnestness, not smug. Yeah. And it's like, he's not trying to be a dick. He's just trying to be like... Look at this fun and puzzle that I've solved. Yeah. You know? He speaks matter of factly, not with like self indulgence. Yeah, there are mo- there are moments where like when he's doing the like the Poirot esque roundup at the end, the kind of Miss Marple. Here's the killer. 
where they go where he says i'm like would you deny a detective the opportunity to be smug but he it's because he is going to tell them he's mm. not going to keep it to himself mm. he's just he to wants say, to show it off right? yeah like, it's, he's it's willing to not to he's willing to break a charter out of prison even though that he's like he could get done for it he's he's sure that he won't but obviously it's still risky but he wants the mystery to be solved mm. he doesn't judge assassins for being assassins he's just like look you do what you do as long as you're not trying to kill me unlawfully and she's like no he's like cool you're on my team then mm. He's so fucking good. No, he's, he's also very massive. Mas- <laughs> and can you but, stop? He's but, his, but also the design. So like, this is where this is where the des- uh, to the the follow on from Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance have this real film noir feel, mm. where because of the underlying unease of Bolas's plans, they presented that in those sets as being like a film noir thing. Mm. The secrets, there's something not right. The Demir are being really shifty. The Golgari are also kind of in on it, and all the planes, all the guilds are doing things that aren't usual or. Kind of, they're all very insular because mm. Bolas is manipulating people, and all the Demir cards specifically had this kind of. Some of them look like they were from the Matrix, <laughs> but like uh, imagine that one with the rain where he's throwing yeah, the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> but there was all like trench coats and like you know, kind of big sort of collars. And the Azorius, I think the Azorius and the Demir, obviously being sort of tied color wise, are, are sort of two sides of the same coin. Obviously, this whole set feels very Esper. Yeah, um, and the fact that Trata and Alquist are sort of working together as a former Azorius agent. But this whole Ravnica is now the film noir set, mm. right? So having this kind of evolution of style, the agency is all, and I know you're not a big fan, we can talk about it big in the cards, but the way they're presenting them is all like, you know, trilbies and raincoats and, you know, all this kind of shit, typewriters and mm. all, like cameras and all this kind of crap. He just, he looks like a defined character and not just random Azorius agent number three. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of talk about whether or not he was just a Jace illusion. Because or, or an agent of Azor, because he had um, he has an ability that's very similar to Sphinx's revelation. Yes, and they were like, oh, maybe card, he's yeah. maybe he's being influ- again, maybe because of the Omen Pass, maybe Azor is now influencing Alquist or someone to try and break the built guild pack so he can come in and write a new one and make things stricter again. Again, like yeah, he, he was very cool. I like, I like I like his voice a lot. The only thing I think is. Obviously, now Omen Pass are a thing. You could probably mm-hmm. go to other planes and stuff. I feel like event. I feel like he's one note enough now, and his one note is fantastic enough that it's really interesting. I'd like to see him further. I'd like to see how his how his him interacting because he's now taken on a trutter is his not apprentice, his partner or his accomplice yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that go ahead and see something in the future. Yeah, I don't how, know whether we, how would a detective work on like a Amonkhet? Once once <laughs> we're once we're out of this detective set, does a lot of these do we? It like again, like a lot of lot of this has kind of come from not from nowhere, but the agency is like obviously fabricated and made for this set specifically. Does this agency now dissipate because we're not focusing on a murder mystery set? Well, it's interesting. I think uh, along with a lot of the card art, because I mean this this I think the fact that we've spoken about the cards so much leads this set to actually feel very whole and very real, mm. even for the things you like or don't like. It is all very integrated, and the fact I when I kept looking at these cards. And indeed, when I was reading the story, when they go to the agency, and it does feel very sort of like uh, 1920s, a lot like, I haven't actually watched the second season of Loki, but I have watched the first one. So oh, the kind really? of, the 1920s through 30s TMA style, yeah. it know, has that very funky much, typewriter yeah. kind of thing. It feels oldie-woldie, but also super futuristic. But what it felt like to me was Nuke Penna. It felt like, now, the comparisons between Nuke Penna and Ravnica are obviously very obvious, Obviously, very obvious. Um, we spoke about them at the time when Capenna came out. It's like, oh, so it's Ravnica 2.0. Mm. But obviously, the shtick of uh, New Capenna is that there is no law. There was no law. Yeah, well, you could. I don't think you could 
and Matt Marrow's recently said about this as well. He's like, well, obviously there was real world issues happening at the time, which meant mm-hmm. we couldn't really do a organized crime cops, yeah. versus police force. But on Ravnica, they'd already been doing it for years. And the inherent problems with the structures, of all the structures, not just like, not, hey, crime's cool and cops are bad. Yeah. It was like, no, everyone has their place and also some yeah. of it the, shitty. The, the murder was bad, even, yeah. though, even though somehow murder is kind of okay on Ravnica in certain ways because Sometimes, the law is written yeah. that way. It felt like there needed to be a reaction against it. And because the guilds are so stuck in what they're doing, it had to be someone who was guildless to do it. And I don't think... And because this is only a pocket of Ravnica and mm. the story of Ravnica... Again, you it's couldn't, the 10th district. You couldn't lift it back into Nuka Penny. You couldn't create... Because it would make... No. It would be a um, a duality and you couldn't accurately represent the other side without straying too much into a new one. Like, yeah. Even if there are, you know, aspects and there are cards and stuff within the set that are very nudge nudge this is real world kind of word like worlds and tropes coming in because it's Ravnica and it's still quite removed from our actual real world I don't yeah. think put I think the, the way they were able to do it is because they removed it from the real world influence of New York being New Capenna yes. feeling of a certain era yes. and having certain biases you don't have those on Ravnica because Ravnica is an entirely well, fantastical place also they've set up the precedent with I mean they did it with Dominaria initially but I guess more more dramatically they did it with Kamigawa planes can evolve yeah technology well, things and should change and things right? should change and also now with the omen paths and the full recognition not just war of the spark recognition no but like, the actual anyone like, hey, from look, anywhere could it's be it's a multiverse here. yeah the the planes are going to start blending mm. i mean how long before they start doing something where it's like we go back to i don't know fucking fiora and there's loads of like Kaladeshian influence. Yeah, or Therosia. Like, who's to say that you can't have a constellation card next to a yeah. uh, a metalcraft card? They they, go, they pop off to yeah. They go back to New Capenna, and it's like, oh yeah, that's the Therosian quarter. Like we've got we had a bunch of like yeah, you know refugees true. coming through from Theros, and now yeah. they're just like setting up because that's it's a fucking set about immigration and the blending of community. You yeah, know? I think my biggest regret. Now I think we're gonna we, we've kind of covered most of what we needed to specify from the story. My mm. concern now with the Omen Path arc is that. It's coming to a fairly quick close already, and I don't feel like we've explored it enough yet. I would love to find... I guess Ravnica was that plane of where I'd like to find a plane that feels like it's in the centre. Like, I'd like to go back to Dominaria with all the Omen Pass, because it's the centre of the multiverse, and I'd like to feel like it is the centre of all of these different crossovers. There's trade and commerce, there's active travelling between, you know, that kind of thing. I feel like the problem with the Omen Path arc is we're going to tease it, and we're going to get into it a little bit, and I don't want them to fix it, but I think what we'll probably come to is we'll probably come to a conclusion as to why it's happened, and then how to stop that from happening. There might be a, a reason why it's think? bad. Oh, I don't know if they will. Well, so you, what do you think that the open path arc will, will end, and then the open path will still be a thing? Yeah. And this won't be the focus. Well, so I think I think Kellen, so it's Kellen's journey. Mm. That's obviously what they're focusing in on. He's already picked up, but um, not as the primary, which is perfect. Yeah, which is great. And actually, I was I was worried when he popped up in Ixlan that I was mm. going to go, oh, fucking hell. But actually, they they really was doing just, it right. He was just a side character with a really and cool he's a fine character. He's not totally yeah. annoying. He's just doing his own thing. Yeah. Somehow, this bright fucking everything's great. No one seems to dislike that. It's yeah. almost like positivity is positive. Well, <laughs> as someone who doesn't like, say, for example, kids in films, yeah. <laughs> and doesn't like the Spielbergian, like I'm I'm in a school and I'm being bullied. Let's have my sort of group of misfits trope that runs me cold yeah fair. i actually for whatever reason kellen is fine a little yeah. bit like how teo i was like no teo is fine fish uh, out of water is fine if the fish can do something interesting and he's like he has agency yeah exactly. he's actually kind of good and he's he also has a very strong he's got a goal yeah exactly so obviously he's going to follow through to finding oko or do you know 
Do you reckon when we get to Thunder Junction, Kevin will find Oko, or is that just a way to bring Oko back in? Um, I think it would be really stupid if they started an arc where they have the son of Oko going through various planes to end up on the plane that his dad is and not make that a thing of the Fair set. Point. What I think they'll have to do is what, I th- what it was annoying is what I think what would be nice is if they have the entire set of Thunder Junction play on its own and only right at the end of the story do we get Oko and Canon meeting and that then triggers something else to they happen. They go into Bloomborough so the or enti- whatever. The entire the story isn't actually about Kenan finding Oko. He just happens to find Oko at the end of it. And the main story is all about these villains and all That's the shit good. they're doing. I like that. That's what I think um, should happen, whether Who, it does or not. Who's Who the vampire that he's with? Amalia. Amalia. So Amalia is... Is mentioned. Is She's mentioned. here. She's, She's in the rubble belt in the or rubble something. Belt looking at an ancient ruin. Yeah. So what I'm saying is about this arc, the reason I don't... The reason I think they might close the story of it, but just keep it open, mm. is because it's Kellen's Wait, are story. are they closing or keeping it open? Shut up. <laughs> Is that they have him find Oko, but then they just they they might explain the open paths being like, oh, well, the multiverse is shattered. But if they heal it, they can't take away planeswalkers and heal the open paths. Yeah, well, we still don't know yet exactly what the cause of the spark rupturing happening is, and if and if they did fix that and give all the planeswalkers their sparks back, I don't think you can un Phyrexian invasion the multiverse. Hmm. And I think that's the whole point. Whereas I think a lot of the Omen Pass are the wounds left behind by Worldbreaker. But I don't think you can undo that. And even if you can, if there are certain ones that are more... So what would be nice is if you have like almost an analysis of you have a plane that has some really strong, stable Omen Pass and you have ones that are like more erratic. I mean, there's even a random card in the set. I think it's like Rift Scale Helion or something. And it's like a Helion from some random other yeah. fucking plane busting through into Ravnica. Yeah. And those kinds of hints are good. Because as we've said, your first planeswalk and you happen to planeswalk into the abyss or you happen to planeswalk into the middle of wrath. Wrath, This is genuinely a thing that is happening now because you have no idea where you're going. We still haven't kept back up with Chandra and Nisa after they go off on their first omen path thing that everyone thought was, oh, we're now going to follow them, are we? It's like, no. Thank God. Leave them alone because you're just going to ruin it anyway. And also, we've seen those characters a thousand times now. Yeah, I'd like to come back to it and they're like... 10 years older and they've been together for ages and they're, I don't know. They're just running like a patisserie or something. They live in the grove of the burn willows. Oh, that's nice. You know, right? And they're just in their little, oh, that's cute. So yeah, I mean, it's one of, I think it would be a massive, I guess maybe it's, I'm misconstruing the word, uh, the words omen path arc, you know, and if they do happen to get to the end of it, it might not be that they fix it or they break it or they change it. It might just be that it's not the focus anymore. And even then, it doesn't feel like for these last few sets, the omen path have been the focus. It's just they've been given opportunity. Like Quintorius being on Ixalan. We'd never find out about the Coin Empire. They didn't mention the Coin Empire in this. Ooh. Good. They don't need to. Because, oh, because the reason... I, I know you really want to get into the Fomori. And I, I know. just want to see a go yeah, it's like It's like the Kazmina thing. I really want to know what she's doing. Um, and we'll get... Actually, we'll touch on Kazmina in a minute. I can see exactly, <laughs> can see I can see exactly notes, what yeah. you're looking at. Um, but... Uh, fuck, I forgot. I've lost my train of thought now. Um, Omen Pass. I think it would be a massive... I think the reason why the uh, why it was is good is because, again, Quintorius couldn't have been on Ixalan without them, wouldn't have had the perspective he had on them, and wouldn't have found the Coin Emperor starting this whole other arc and this whole other thing without the Omen Pass. Yeah. Because Planeswalkers aren't invested in their own agendas per se, because back then, they were, even if they were, you wouldn't focus on them because it's kind of boring. What yes. we were focusing on is how these Planeswalkers affect other planes or how they can fix it again they felt like superheroes rather than yes. rather than tourists yeah now we've got a bunch of tourists that have way more individual agency and have way more interactivity than this suit like ubermensch who comes down save saves the fucking world from this thing and then bounces it's it's less doctor who it's less doctor who finale yeah. and more doctor who filler episode <laughs> sure and i hate it to say it but that's kind of how i feel like it how, how it works and i kind of rather have the filler episodes 
Because, again, it's just generic world building rather than trying to deliver these big fuck-off story points that might not deliver and might not, not, might not work. Like, we wouldn't have got a story like this with the Planeswalkers being no, around as much. because there would be loads of Planeswalkers. Because even then, like, the time, every time we focused on whether or not Kaya could leave or not, my eyes started to glaze. I'm like, I don't care that she could leave at any point. I don't want her to leave. That's not interesting also, to the, the story. Only That's other, not compelling. Kaya obviously being the one with the little love agency. The only other Planeswalker in this story was Raoul, who we didn't talk a lot about. Did because get, they, like, they don't like a, really... Yeah, we get like a couple of paragraphs. Yeah, and he's just it's not his story. No. So that's fine. And even then, it's like a little cutesy bit about him and Tomic, you know. And, and she's like, oh, you know, he'd only been annoyed about you trying to be reckless. <laughs> and you would have, had you not been able to be. Yeah. It's like, okay, but cool. But no, like, Trostani took him out quickly, yeah. and that's kind of where Yeah, yeah fine. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, grass versus electric type is kind of a number, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Oh, it's true. Though, isn't grass... No. Is electric not effective against grass? I thought grass was not effective against electricity. I, no, I think it's, I think they just affect each other normally, but... I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm pretty sure grass isn't. Is, wow. so... Leave us in the comments which one of us is right. <laughs> what comments? <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I forget we put that on, that. on, <clears throat> on X. There's one more mystery. <laughs> there is. There is one more mystery. There's one more mystery. And this was a big one because, again, this came into the point of a lot of people... Because there were mentions... There was two or three mentions. I think literally two or three mentions of Raska throughout the entire story. And there were people wondering if, are you just mentioning it to give it the long payoff? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really implicit specific mention of Jace. It was more mention of Raska. However... So, when uh, Proft and... Atrata are down in the Undercity visiting Azoni. Proft sees at the corner of his eye when they're having the meeting with Azoni a hooded figure. Mm. Now, in a story where there's lots of informants and spies and shit, obviously him being a detective, he was like, right, that's something. I'm after this bitch, let's go. So Proft starts running off. An interesting character thing that we found out about Proft is that Atrata notices that when they're in the Undercity, Atrata is slipping and sliding all over the place because she's not used to being in Mossy. He's sure-footed. Proft, for whatever reason, seems to be holding his own in the Undercity. Never mentioned again. So there's a theory about this that because he was an Azorius, and it's mentioned in a paragraph talking about that, that he liked to break the rules a lot, that he probably, whenever he was investigating anything, went, but I'll just investigate a little bit further. We'll keep going into the Undercity. You know, yeah. why is, how is more information bad? He knows you know? Azoni. Yeah. So Proft obviously goes off with a lot of confidence. And then out of nowhere, he seemingly gets knocked out. Mm. He's following this hooded figure. Clubbed in the back of the head. And he fucking, boom, and he hits the deck. Yeah. And he wakes up in his mind palace, in his internal mind palace. Which is which bizarre. <laughs> so it's his library. A little bit like Jace's... It's very much Jace's archi- uh, uh, archive. archive. Yeah, it's very much like that. And in his mind palace, he's like, okay, I'm here. This is weird, because I didn't, I didn't set this off, and mm. I got knocked out. He notices the hooded figure in a blue light... Riffling through the manifestations yeah. of his information. His mind reports. <laughs> We're picking up literal files, because obviously that's how like Prof envisages it, like a detective's office. Mm. And the line is, uh, he confronts this hooded figure, and the hooded f- figure replies, Sadly, my friend, I'm not the one you're looking for. Because Prof says, are you this killer? Mm. Said the figure, pulling out a folder out of one of the drawers and flipping it open. I'm merely passing through Ravnica, I'm only passing through. Ravnica is a waypoint, not a destination. But your contributions will be remembered, and I'll see you're rewarded in some way when the time comes. Mm. He tucks the folder into his cloak, 
turning as if to go. And there's artwork that's clearly going to be on a card. Uh, it is. It's called... Um, Magali Villeneuve artwork as well, by the way. Yeah, it's called um, in- Intrude on the Mind or something similar. Yes. Now, in the artwork, it is interesting that there's a couple of thopters behind this figure. This is where people are like, is it Dovin Born? Well, no, the hands are well, human no, the, hands. I mean, I think we have to accept that some parts of that book were canon. <laughs> I think that Dovin Barn is dead. <laughs> yes, and Dovin Barn had six fingers because he was Caledonian. Precisely. Um, but and anyway, also he wasn't a mind mage either. So this hooded figure only appears in this one passage of the story. There's one little mini chase and then in the mind palace. Mm. He blips out. He's well, ni- they, we, we assume he, but yeah. Well, he's, he's male-coded in the artwork anyway. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> There's a line about um, the fact that Proft doesn't like the fact this person's taken his intellectual property. Yeah, like, got, <laughs> imagine if someone stole a memory. But like, I didn't even steal it, like, Xeroxes it. Just go, I'm just going to copy these memories, call, I'm just going to take them off Calling it intellect, because he stole it from his intellect. Yeah, that's so funny. As opposed to it being, like, property that's abstract. It's, and, like, that's, it's that's very brilliant. good. It's a very it's good nice, line. Isn't it? So... Who the fuck is this person? Yeah, also, who else would likely have knowledge and experience of the Golgari part of Ravnica apart from so, is the who theory... is banging the Golgari guild leader? Are we, you think this is Jace? So, no, not not specifically. Like, so the way I look at it is I think that I can't, I think that magic and a, a, I don't think they can help themselves. When the card is called Intrude on the Mind, you think it's the hooded figure intruding on Proft's mind. Whereas I think it's Proft intruding on the mind Mage looking into but his. But why would Prof get knocked out? He see he sees. I don't think he's. I don't think he's knocked out. I think the entire thing. When he wakes thing... up, a charter goes. What? Who were yeah. you running after? Yeah. I think the entire thing is a mind manipulation, or the entire thing is an illusion. And we know there's one mage who's very good at both external illusion and internal illusion. You have to be good at both because right. he it wasn't. He either needs to get into the mind of Prof and show him the image of the person to chase after, or create an illusion in front of them. That only only he can see and a charter can't see to then chase and then get into their mind when they're closer but and can what, do a touchy thingy. What what does Prof know that Jace needs to know? Well, what is he like? Jace doesn't the 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 look the line that I'm like I'm not sure that sounds like Jace. It's the waypoint thing. The waypoint. So Ravnica, hang on, Ravnica is Jace's day second home, much yeah. like it is Kai's second home. Yeah. Also, the fact that he'll reward Proft when the time comes. Yeah. That's not a very Jace well, thing to say. the way I look at it is Jace isn't Jace right now, right? His mind has been addled to the point of where we... I, what I can assume... Because eventually we're going to have to come back to Jace at some point. Yes, yeah, sure. And I think we're probably going to find that his mind mage powers... Because it's not to be understated that he is one of the most powerful mind mages in the multiverse. Yes. That's a very, very, very strong title to hold. That the fact that I think he's likely to be able to hold on to an aspect of him, but then be maybe changed by the Phyrexianization has probably cut off some of his, you know, individuality or something. Maybe it's changed his personality a little bit. Who knows? Or is he just playing up? But I do agree. Everything that he says doesn't sound. It sounds like someone Jace-y grander. At it sounds all. like someone older than Jace. And if uh, the question you ask is, what would Jace want from this information? What information could they want? Like, extrapolate that question and put it on anyone. What could anyone want from Prof? What does Prof know that this person in general could could possibly need that's yeah, I mean, so well, important? Prof has the eidetic memory, I suppose. To come through Ravnica to pick up this information off of a random detective. What is it that Prof knows that he doesn't even... Because in the story, because we're seeing his point of view, surely he would have said, oh, it's got to be that information okay, that well, he's no, taking. He, he, he forgets. Yeah. The point he, is he took the memory. But he doesn't even like go like, not that folder, that folder's about this. Yeah. I mean, again, you might be, from a writing point of view, artistically being elusive about it, but I would have thought that Prof would have been like, 
why would he pick up this folder about this date? Or why would he pick up the folder yeah. about this place or this time? But it is intriguing. So now we now we have... It's from another, it's another coin empire. <laughs> coin empire. We've got mystery hooded figure. Whenever there's a blue... blue hood, Well, the Ozlith. Whenever there's a blue cold, uh, coded hooded figure... Mm. I always think it's Kazmina. <laughs> no, that's the thing, right? So we've got two very clear ones, right? So it's it, Jace it could and be that Kazmina. the artwork, maybe I'm interpreting the artwork very yeah. literally and it is just meant to be a figure. I think voicing-wise, it sounds much... Visually, from what we've seen, and again, when you read a story, you you, you you make your own mind up anyway. Blue and hooded, you automatically go to Jace. Even in the picture, in the in the image, in the card, it looks a bit like Jace. It looks like his original Alessi Briscoe um, Yeah, artwork. Jace Bellerin, yeah. But... Kazmina seems like way more the kind of person that would speak with that tone. Yes. And also, we don't know if Kazmina has lost her spark or not. We know fucking nothing about her, even in a fucking set where she was like one of the main people. Well, even one of the main people. In a set where she could have been one of the main people, she wasn't. So if Wizards are playing this super, super, super long game, I don't mind it. But for fuck's sake, please just give us a little bit of something. Well, I mean, I don't know. Because uh, how many long... We're only how many long sets arcs? into a new arc. But they keep telling us they're not going to do these long sweeping stories. And yet they keep dropping random long sweeping stories. <laughs> the Chain Veil! The fucking Unarchy! We still don't know about them or yeah, what I know, they're it, doing! I tell you what, because Wizards goes, we're not going to do this kind of shit. Yeah. And then they're hiring good writers. And the writers go, well... Well, I fucking want to do that. Yeah, so... <laughs> I think that kind of wraps up our, yes. our grand speech about everything. I do want to bring one little point right back to um, Seanan did a bunch of like DVD extra articles about these, and after oh. every single what read them because they're great. And what it was great to read them one by one because um, full disclosure, Andy read them all in one day. I yes. read it as I went along one by one. I did get the release video, so I did have episodes nine and ten kind of spoiled for me. I knew what was going to happen before it happened. Um, but after every episode, Sean and I can't remember on what I think it's like the, maybe Commander Sarah. I can't remember where what website it was on, but they did a um, a DVD extras of where they went through the entire the entire script essentially, and then had little inserts as they talk yeah. about what they were doing with it, why they were doing it, what does this insign- signify? Like, oh, this was interesting to talk about. And one of the main things that they mentioned was that getting to quiz wizards about the uh, the um, biology of an archon and watch them squirm oh, Ezrin, yes. as they squirm as they try and figure out because they're like obviously archons from and we've spoken about this before can you imagine like an archon hydra and we're yeah. like but what is it what even is an archon so, we actually uh, finally got some specificity about well archons across magic and they are from many different planes in fact it sort of it doesn't necessarily matter what the real world uh, mythology the plane's pulling from. Mm. Archon is a little bit like dragon. They kind of sort of insert into lots of places. Archons uh, are depicted as a hooded rider on some sort of um, mount, be it sort of a griffin. Bestial in or, some um, fashion. Or a manticore. Usually some sort of There's lion. There's a lion we've had before. is a lion, for example. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... Blazing it's... Archon is a lion as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Now, Ezrim, the head of the agency, is a... Archon. We have had Archons from Ravnica before, and they are usually riding winged cat beasts. So mm. for all intents and purposes, Manticores, although Manticores on Amonkhet, for example, don't have the wings. That's a different issue. Um, so, all throughout this story, yeah, you're right. Ezrim is depicted as being the rider on the beast. Yeah. Whenever they're being described as such, they are interchangeably described as the full package mm. versus rider and beast. And whenever all the other characters are talking about Ezrim, they're talking about it as the full thing. Mm. Except for when they go into his office. Mm. There's like a little fucking pen at the back. There's a pen at the back. It's stables. We don't see what that's used for the first time. But then the second time mm. Kaya goes in there, 
Ezrim the rider is dismounted and sat at the desk. Yeah. And the mount is in the back. Yeah. But we never hear it we never hear Ezrim referring to the mount as a separate entity. I mean, mm-hmm. my big question, it always comes down to this, is do Archons bang? Like, how does an Archon get created? I've always thought they were a bit more like avatars. The way I look at it is, is it similar to demons and angels or are they a manifestation of the plane? Because Archons are no joke. On the cards, they're usually made as some sort of, like, angel-level powerful creature. They are super strong, yeah. They, they're usually... I mean, not only from a physical prowess point of view, if you've got this... I mean, even, I think, him by himself... Like, I say him by himself. Even the rider by itself yeah. is a large person. You're yes. talking maybe eight, nine, potentially yeah. ten, ten feet tall. And obviously the mount is like this grandiose beast that probably has, you know, physical prowess as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from a, even from a I want to go and attack him kind of point of view, not going to happen. And obviously Ezrin wasn't there for Oba in the uh, Vitu Ghazi. One, I don't think they'd, they'd fit through the door. And two, it would kind of, it would create one of those, you don't sometimes put two characters in a room at the same time because you can't write a way for it to be satisfying yeah, of sure. them interacting. And I think they deliberately tried to move away from it because I feel like this is as close as we're going to get for a long time of trying to justify Archon like law and I feel like Seanan saw this opportunity and went I am going to put him in the story as much as possible to give as much information as possible and all the questions that I had and that they couldn't answer I'm going to write it in yeah exactly which is fantastic this is exactly what I want from Magic Story is that take the things I don't know yet and give me things to know about but they gave they gave themselves a backdoor out because what they did was that they had Kaya as as Seanan's point of view Mm. Having this thought all the way through, like, well, who is it? The rider? Is it the person? Yeah. And then they dropped in a little thing of going, Archons on Ravnica, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's like, well, obviously, Wizards has set a precedent where they might have creature types across planes, but they're all slightly different. Yeah. Centaurs are slightly different. Gorgons True. are slightly different. But the thing different. is, Archons are so, like, nebulous in, like, their physiology and everything that you. It's, it's, it's kind of almost like a cop out to go, like, but they might be different on every plane. It's like, true, but each one's going to be equally fuckery from every plane. So we still don't have a, an event. We just basically, we're one step closer to understanding Archons. I can't ask for anything more. Well, we're one step closer by saying y- Ram- at least Ravnican Archons can have the rider portion dismount from the mount portion. Yeah. They are se- technically still, separate entities. But they're still considered the same being. Yeah. V- Again, <laughs> do they bang? How are they born? Like, is was there a child archon with a little kitty cat with a fucking baby on top? Like, what? What? How? The what? Yeah. How on the what? And I, why I think, does he have a job? He's an archon. He's exactly. Does he why need is, money to why is he a detective? Why does he wear a hat, Andy? Why does he wear? Why doesn't the mount also wear a hat, Andy? That'd be a big hat. Probably. It would be a great hat. Expensive. Imagine being a hatter at this time in Ravnica, because you are making bank. Every single person is coming to you, going. um... I know you were sold out of fedoras yesterday, but if you made any more, because <laughs> I need a fedora, my, my job requires it. Ah, <sighs> oh, good, good. This this was so cool. It was. <laughs> it was. It was kind of the perfect. It was the perfect slice of life, whilst also being a little bit absurdist, whilst also still incorporating everything from outside of Ravnica, while still feeling like a very true to its core Ravnican story. Yeah. It was yeah. I can't. I can't fault it. I'm hyped. I'm really hyped for this new era of magic. I think it's all proven yep. very good. I mean, um, I'm excited to see the epilogue story again. It came from the AR. It's going to come from the ARGs, like the interactive um, puzzles and stuff. I'll be interested to see what is written and then where we're going to launch off from. We might even talk. We might talk about it a little bit because I think it'll probably drop a lot of hints as to what actually happens with a few of the characters. Yeah. It did feel very much like the story ended quite abruptly, but 
again, we didn't get the epilogue moving into yeah. the next um, set, which we normally get. So, And I think we're going to be talking a lot about this stuff in our set review, because I think it's all very closely linked. Yeah, these two, yeah, the cards, the, this is one of those sets of where, it's, instead of like, say, Eldraine, Wilds of Eldraine, of where the story was great, and the set was great, but they did feel like there wasn't necessarily complete cohesion. This is, the story's great, the set's great, and there is exceptional cohesion. Yeah, yeah. Like, the two of them do very much weave together. All right, well... I'm desperate for the toilet. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to wrap up. Thank you very much for listening. Really, we're not going to give like d- 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 our Twitters, our, our oh, emails. Oh, sure. The actual, like, I mean, you can wrap up like without wrapping up. You can find my personal Twitter at Andy Manface. Nathan's yours is. <laughs> at the Fox in the Moon. Uh, our podcast Twitter is at Empty Flavoring. Emails go to emptyflavoring at gmail.com. We might be going to Magic Con Amsterdam. I'm, I I want to lock it in. I want it to happen. I it's, it's it, we didn't I didn't do I didn't do one last year. No, you missed out on both. I missed on last year, so it'd be nice to do one this year. Um, we aren't going as creators because I missed the window to submit ourselves creator badges. We could do that. It's it's a narrow window. Okay. Oh, we can do it. Oh, well, we are cons. We can't fit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's the mountain? Who's the who's the rider? We both need to pee. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) This has been Magic the Flavoring. Oh, we'll see you soon, fellow Archons. Alright, you go first. (laughs)